Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can build your dream business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to My Business Playbook. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you are new around here, I just want to say welcome. I'm Laura. I am the host of this wonderful show, and I am so glad to have you with us today. Now, today we're joined by Chris Ducker. Chris is a serial entrepreneur, and once you listen to this conversation, you're going to realize that he means that in the truest sense of the word. He is an author of best-selling books. He has run countless multi-million dollar businesses, and he really knows his stuff. But today, specifically... We're going to be talking about building a personal brand. We're going to be talking about scaling a personal brand. Oh my goodness. There are so many pearls of wisdom in this conversation. I know you're going to love it if you do love it. And, you know, I'm, I'm saying an if, but I know that you will. Please share it with your business besties. I really want to share this far and wide. I want as many people to experience the wonder that is Chris Ducker. So please share it with your business besties. Let me know where you're tuning in from. Um, I always love hearing from you as well. All right, let's dive into my conversation with the wonderful Englishman, Chris Ducker. Well, Chris, I am so excited to be chatting with you today. Thank you so much for joining us all the way from the UK. It is Really great to be chatting with you. Now, tell us a little bit about your business, your businesses, I should say. What is it that you do? <laughs> I think it's like, what do I not do? I think at this point what in the career, do, right? Chris? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, t- I tell you what I do, actually, in a nutshell, is I grow businesses. I build them and grow them, and then I hand them off to somebody else to run for me. That's what I do, basically. Yeah. Uh, and I have successfully done that three different times now, and yeah. I'm in the process of doing it for the fourth time. And so uh, we have a call center facility, which is the Live to Sell Group. We do mostly uh, lead generation and appointment setting outbound calling. We do a little bit of uh, customer service, chat support, and that sort of type of thing as well. Um, and then we have Virtual Star Finder, which is our VA recruiting hub in the Philippines. So busy entrepreneur. Filipino VA, Match.com, that's kind of that. Yes. Um, yeah. That's uh, one's, the first one's been around, I think, 16 years. The other one's been around 12, 13 years. Then we have Youpreneur and all that kind of encapsulates, which is um, ultimately like an expert education business. So it's helping people build a business based around their expertise and the people you know, that they want to serve through their personality and what they do. Uh, that encompasses, you know, uh, you know, books and media and live events and coaching and all that sort of stuff. And then the last one is me. Actually, it's my personal brand. And uh, the business element of that uh, really comes down to three things. It's uh, book royalties, uh, which I've been very blessed. I've got two best-selling books, which um, I think together, I think we're at uh, like 170,000 copies sold, um, like Amazing. 13 different languages, I think, something like that. Um, so we've got books. We've got... Uh, what was the other one? Oh, keynote speaking. 
Yes, let's not forget getting on other people's <laughs> stages, yeah. Um, keynote speaking, which I am starting to slow down, slow down a little bit. I used to do sort of like a dozen gigs a year, but yeah. now I'll probably do maybe three or four, if that. Um, and uh, and then lastly, coaching. I've got my roundtable mastermind, which is my kind of high-end kind of inner circle sort of mastermind. And uh, they're the four businesses. And it's kind of like the way that you have built your empire, I will say, it's kind of the entrepreneur's dream, right? Because you build it, you get to be in the creative, the and not to say it's not hard work, but you get to be the visionary and then you can hand off to someone else. And I think mm-hmm. how, I know this is probably like a million dollar question in and of itself, but how have you actually built businesses that you've been able to scale and then go, do you know what? I am happy to let this go and, and let someone else really take the reins on this? You know, um, that's a really good question. I think there's really two things that come out of like every successful business growth journey, right? Um, First of all, uh, there is a hustle season. And I don't like that word in and amongst itself, the whole hustle and grind Gary V sort of type thing. And I know Gary and he's cool and we've hung out multiple times (laughs) and I've always said to him I don't like the hustle and grind you said okay f you you know that kind of thing right (laughs) like like Gary does Uh, but but there is a hustle season to every business being grown Um, and it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily actually right at the very beginning of when you're kind of kicking things off you're bootstrapping you're kind of marketing you're getting out there you're you know pulling in your first few clients that kind of thing I wouldn't necessarily call that the hustle season I think the hustle season comes when ultimately you have kind of encapsulated what the business is, what you're going to be known for, who it is that you're serving, and how you're going to help them, right? And then once you've got that sorted, and that can take six weeks, six months, six years, depending on how focused you are on it, um, once you get that sorted in your head, then the hustle season begins. And that can last a year, two years, maybe three years if, if you're yeah. unlucky. Um, but ultimately, <laughs> that that gets to the point where you are, you know, foot down on the gas, let's go for it, 180 miles an hour kind of thing. Um, and two things happen at this point. Either number one, you'll burn out, okay, because mm-hmm. I've seen it. I've burnt out myself, and I've yeah. seen countless other entrepreneurs do so as well. Or number two, you'll recover quickly from burnout, or you'll avoid it entirely by delegating and that's the biggie that's how you grow a really successful business at scale without having to do all the work yourself is when you say to yourself well you know i don't like doing this thing i kind of despise it uh number one number two um i do this thing because my business demands it of me but i don't necessarily hate it but I'm not that great at it. That's kind of like the second list that you, you can put together. <laughs> yeah. And then the third list, and this is the important one, this is what I call you put on your big boy pants for this one, uh, and that is that it's the list where you ask yourself, what is it that I shouldn't actually be doing? Or more importantly, what should I be doing? So, yeah. you know, when you when you get up to like, I don't know, six figures, multiple six figures, and you're going towards that seven-figure number, um, and by the way, numbers – are so subjective Mm -hmm. you know a successful business for person number one could be 80 grand a year in revenue yeah right and if they're running that business with 
a 60, 70, 80% profit margin, fair play, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, it could be seven figures where you're running that business at a, you know, a 25, 30% margin, right? So numbers are very, very subjective. And I don't generally get into them because it's all completely different for everybody on their own journey. And again, at what part of that journey they're on. But um, delegation is the key. You know, it's that hustle totally. season and it's the delegation side of things. And that's, yeah. I, that's the only reason that I've been able to build one business after another after another is because I've delegated the work. There's no way I would do it all myself. Yeah, and it's so interesting because I the sa- I feel the same around the hustle. Uh, I, I I hate the word hustle, but I do feel like we are in that season right now of we are really there's momentum, and I think we're rolling with the momentum, and and I'd rather roll with the momentum and kind of go, yes, this is cool, this is where we're going, we're driving, rather than feel like. I don't want to hustle, I, the fear of burnout, I'd rather go, I'm going to roll with the momentum and I know it's for a season. I'd rather mm-hmm. do that than, than go, oh, no, I'm just going to play it safe and, you know, like achieve that work-life balance. It's kind of like, I don't know, I feel like it's this tension of, yeah, we don't want to burn out and, you know, the hustle culture sucks. But at the same time, if your business is growing and there's that momentum, you'd be silly to not go into that kind of slipstream of, well, this is where I'm going and this is what I'm excited about. Yeah, exactly. And you'll know when that when that starts, like you you've indicated yeah. it yourself, you know, yeah. you're in that place right now. Yeah. And so you do have to, you know, you kind of put the blinkers on like a racehorse and you just focus towards, you know, the finish line. Um, yeah. The only uh, I guess word of warning here for you yeah. and anyone else that might be in that kind of yeah. hustle phase right now is that, you know, burnout is really, really, really real. Like yes. for me, my burnout put me in the hospital. And wow. then a year and a half later, as a residual effect of sitting in a chair for 16 hours for three years building my businesses, I ended up then having to have an L5 S1 spinal fusion in my lower back because I crushed my my lower disc. And that was a year, like a year and a half or so after the initial burnout, right? So burnout wow. is real. So when yeah. you say work life, I just hear the words priority. Yeah. Because the work-life balance is a bloody myth. I don't care what <laughs> you read. I'll call BS on it all yes. day long. Because when you're a true blue entrepreneur, it is very hard to switch off, even yeah. when you're not at work. Like, oh, I'm going on a five-day spa retreat. Yeah, you try to tell me when you're floating in that <laughs> little hot tub with a glass of champagne that you're not thinking about what you can launch next quarter? Liar, liar, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's really hard to switch off. Go to the spa, drink the champagne, do the massages and the manicures and the pedicures. And, yes, I'm quite partial of a little bit of man grooming myself. But, like, <laughs> yeah. do all those things by all means. But but understand it's priorities. It's not about work-life balance. It's just about priorities. Yeah. Um, and generally yeah. speaking, you do need to get beaten up in some manner for you to realize that that word really is probably the most important word in entrepreneurship. yeah. Uh, yeah. And people usually find it out the hard way, unfortunately. It just is what it is. 
We're taking a short break from today's episode to introduce you to our show's sponsor for today. This episode is proudly brought to you by Closters Newcastle. Now, I recently got a Mitsubishi Outlander Exceed from the guys at Clusters. And let me tell you, I am officially converted. When they told me, hey, like, have you checked out the Outlander? I was like, come on, guys, like, put me in something else. Come on. And I hopped in the car and was like, wait, this is actually awesome. Every time Nathan and I sit in the car, we're like, man, we really love this. <laughs> so if you want to see my adventures in my Mitsubishi Outlander, Care of Clusters, then head to my Instagram highlights at lalasocialclub.co and you can see how glorious it really is. And if you're in the market for a new car and you want to see what all of the fuss is about, then be sure to check out Clusters at clusters.com.au. All right, let's go back in to today's episode. So did you experience burnout, Chris, before you started going, right, I can't run all these companies myself anymore? Or was that already in place? At what point did, yeah. did that happen for you? It's a good question. So it, I only had uh, one business at the yeah. time. Uh, and, you know, when you're all in on a business and it's your only business and it's your only source of income, you really truly do focus 120% on it. Yeah. And so for the first... I'd say probably for the first two years, we, you know, we worked pretty much night and day. My wife and I, we set up the business together. Um, And I think, you know, looking back on it retrospectively, I probably wouldn't have burnt out if I was serving a audience of prospects and clients that were on the same time zone as me. Right. Right. So because I was in the Philippines building our call center facility, and the majority of our clients were US-based, when the day was finished in the Philippines, they just got started in the United States. And so because of that, I was making sales calls at one and two o'clock in the morning, right? So I would go in and do what I needed to do, and I would usually get to the office around 12 or one o'clock in the afternoon, and I'd work right the way through to like usually like 3 a.m., something like that, 3 or 4 a.m., and then I'd wow. go home and I'd have a bite to eat, collapse, and then yeah. rinse and repeat, right? And we, you know, I did that pretty solidly for like two, two and a half years or so. Um, and I'll never forget the morning I woke up and I couldn't get out of bed. I was that exhausted. My wife was so worried. She was so scared that she actually called our company doctor. There's a mandate in the Philippines that says, once you get to 100 full-time employees, and at the time we were about 130, um, once you get to 100 employees, uh, you need to have a doctor that's listed wow. on the company as an employee. Uh, yep. And there's, you know, these doctors, they make an absolute fortune off this. You know what I mean? Like one doctor will be listed at like, you know, 10 different companies, right? Um, so we had a guy who was on call fundamentally, and as the owner of the business, there's nobody more important that he must look after <laughs> Um, so he, he came around like within the hour, he was at my house and, wow. uh, he was like, we got, we got her on tests. Like you're all types of messed up. I need to figure out what's going on here. And so went into hospital, I was admitted, put on an IV, acute dehydration, acute exhaustion. Um, they put me on antidepressants for like 90 days. 
so I could wow. kind of sleep properly and start switching off. Like when we say like burnout, like I hit the wall at 180 miles an hour, you know what I mean? And so um, I just feel at this point now it's kind of inevitable um, if you don't learn how to delegate and build a team as early on as possible, as soon as yeah. you can afford it, uh, burnout's inevitable because you you can't continue doing what you're doing forever when you're doing it at that kind of level. Um, yes. And so that's that's when I kind of you know realized. And what happened was actually that happened. I was in the hospital early December. It was 2009. Uh, came out of hospital, I think maybe a week or something before Christmas. And my wife and I went and had like a three or four day kind of staycation at one of the beach resorts in the Philippines. And um, it was kind of like, you know, this can't happen again. What are we going to do? And in the new year, we just went to work and we, we actually hired, get this, eight people in 11 months to ultimately replace me in the business. So that's how many hats I was wearing. Yeah, I was hiring wow. people. I was training people. I was managing people. I was prospecting for new business. I was closing new business. I was managing clients. I was even I was even walking around the IT server room looking at cables like I knew what the hell they did. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I find interesting, Chris, is that you work a lot with your coaching. You're working a lot with people who are mm -hmm. building their personal brands and brands that are centered around them. And I really want to chat with you about this because, you know, a lot of our listeners are building businesses where they're the technician, they're the expert, but they're also the salesperson, they're the marketer, mm -hmm. they're sometimes the accountant or, you know, bookkeeper as well. When you're coaching someone who is building a personal brand, and, and I want to chat with you more about the specifics of this, but what do you think is the best thing we can do when we build a personal brand to make it so the brand is centered around us providing value and us providing a service, but the actual operations and the actual running of the business isn't solely dependent on us. Yeah. How do we do that so the brand is us, but the business isn't all us? So let's, so let's get real. At first, you might have to do everything yourself. They call it bootstrapping yeah. for a reason, right? Yeah. So, but like I said, you will get to a point where you're making enough money where you can bring that first member of staff on or you can maybe have two freelancers on retainer on a monthly basis, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Um, to really build a business so based around you and what you're all about, uh, you know, a, a personal brand for, for all intents and purposes. I would say like a personal brand is what people say about you when you're not around. Right. Yeah. So when you're not at the conference or at the coffee meeting or the dinner party or that mastermind retreat, like when your name pops up in conversation, what do people say about you? That's your personal brand. It's your reputation. It's what you're known yeah. for at the end of the yeah. day. Right. Um, and so the best way to make sure uh, that you build a business that's not going to just kind of implode on you um, and, and build a business that's based on you, but not reliant on you is mm. to ultimately try and stay in your zone of genius as much as possible. Yeah. As much as you possibly can every single day and get other people to do the stuff um, that is not in your zone of genius. <laughs> so I, oft, I often joke and say like, uh, you know, unless you're a graphic designer, you've got no right as a business owner messing around in Photoshop, Photoshop trying to like, you know, 
design a logo <laughs> or something, right? Like, in fact, actually, you shouldn't even be in bloody Canva because even go even Canva's like will give you templates unless you've got a bit of a design flair. You're just going to mess up the templates. It's just going to yes. happen. Right? And so, yeah. you know, your zone of genius is is helping people springboard their journeys at a kind of you know faster rate that you captured your own journey based yeah. on the data that you've got up here that they're paying for they're investing in to be able to you know speed up their own uh, experience their own journeys right and so that's why i say like right now is a great time to be a coach or a mentor or consultant whatever you want to call it because people are investing more money today than they ever have done before in making sure that they can go from here to here in record time like they don't have to do the eight 10, 12, 14 years that others have had to do if they yeah. work with others that have done that. You know, you can you can take a business from zero to half a mil in a year if you're working with the right person as a coach yeah. or mentor, right? You can go from zero to a million in three years or two years, again, if you're working with the right person. Um, and I think ultimately it really comes down to you know, that relationship that you have, right? And understanding that, you know, it's still not a magic pill that you pop. You've still yeah. got to do the work. The coaches are yeah. going to do the work for you, <laughs> right? And yes. so um, I think, yeah. And I think, honestly, that most personal brand entrepreneurs are kind of aware of that anyway. Like yeah. our job is to become somebody's favorite. And if we yes. can become somebody's favorite podcaster or coach or live streamer or YouTuber or speaker or author or whatever it is, then everything becomes that much more easier moving forward with our marketing language, with the materials we have to put out, et cetera, et cetera. So we kind of stay in that zone of genius anyway. Um, yeah. But you do need to start delegating as early on as possible if you can, you know. Yeah. So you're talking about your zone of genius. And then you also talk about building a business based on your uniqueness and, and mm -hmm. your own personal flair. Do you have any strategies on, A, like helping people to define what makes them unique to begin with, and B, actually to have the confidence to show up as themselves? Do you yeah. have any strategies on that? Yeah, sure. So a um, couple of things. So number one, understand no matter what niche you're in, as I'm speaking to an Australian lady, I can say niche. I don't have to say niche. You don't have like to say I'm niche. You buy Americans. I can do you say niche? No, it's, no you don't. I say no, no, no. niche. I say I'm more. like, yeah. It's it's it, it's like quiche. Like, why would we? We're not going to say kitsch. We're not like. I've, the, I've <laughs> had so many discussions with my American friends about this. There's one one buddy of mine who I'm very very close with. He's actually the godfather of my my youngest daughter, uh, Cassandra. Uh, his name's Pat Flynn, and he um, podcasts at like uh, yeah. Smart Passive Income and a whole bunch of other stuff. So we we actually did an entire podcast episode where we were just kind of geeing each other up over, like, you know, <laughs> aluminum. No, it's aluminium, mate, you know. Yes, uh, and, totally. You know, chamomile, chamomile, and, you know, all this sort of stuff. But anyway, um, oh, this was the <laughs> best one, literally or literally. I said it's three syllables. It's not four. Why are you insisting and putting another syllable in there? Yes. You know, literally. Well, no. do you know what I do, Chris? Sometimes when I speak with people who have an English accent, I start to imitate it without even realizing. And I was in a client meeting once where I, this guy was from Yorkshire and I was like, oh my gosh, I love Yorkshire. Like one of my best mates is from there. 
Anyway, and he started talking and throughout, it, this was a sales conversation. Throughout the conversation, I had slowly started mm. imitating him. And by the end of the conversation, I was like, oh, I love that. And he was like, what are you doing? And I yeah. immediately, I was like, I just did your accent, didn't I? But like terribly. Yeah. And, and he was like, uh, so easily of, done. So you did, you did my voice. You did my voice. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't remember what your question was now. No, we were talking <laughs> we about, went, sorry, we went right down tangent, that hole, didn't we? tangent, sorry. We were talking about defining what makes you oh, unique yes, that's right. yes, and yes, yes, yes. amplifying okay. that so in your brand. Regardless of what niche you're in, um, yes. there are no real competitors. I want to just put that into everybody's heads, including yours, actually, um, because we get very much wrapped up in, you know, that highlight reel that is Instagram, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, like we can't be, we can't be and we shouldn't be comparing our kind of like eighth and ninth steps to somebody else's 80th and 90th steps, yeah. right? That, that's a stupid thing to do. Like you wouldn't look at, no, let's keep it real. Like you wouldn't look at, say, Sir Richard Branson and compare yourself to Sir Richard Branson. You just wouldn't do it. He's a billionaire. Yeah. You wouldn't do it, right? But, you know, pe people, I know many people will compare themselves with me and say, well, if Chris is doing this, I'm going to do this. Or they might look at Gary Vaynerchuk and say, well, if Gary's doing this kind of things on his video, I'm going to do that. Understand, although imitation is the highest form of flattery, it also is kind of crap. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, again, just keeping it real. If you yeah. copy somebody else's style, then you're not being you. And therefore, you won't attract the right people into your yeah. ecosystem. And that's our job. Our job is to kind of attract the right people. I say all the time, I call it marketing like a magnet. So we want to attract the best and repel the rest. So we attract everybody that gets us and our vibe and what we stand for and what we're all about. And at the exact same time, just like a magnet, we're repelling away the people that don't like us that might think that we're kind of cocky. Like some people think I'm a little bit cocky. That's okay. I can live with that. I am a bit cocky because yeah. I can back it up, <laughs> plain and simple, right? But some people don't like that. Some people don't like the matter of fact, no BS style that I'll give them when I'm giving them feedback. That's fine. Then we're not going to be a, a match. It's okay. Like I get it completely, right? But for those who do want to be told when they're acting like an idiot, when those that do want to you know, hear genuine, real, unfiltered yeah. feedback and advice, I'm your man all day long, right? And so when we lean into our uniqueness, a couple of things happen. Number one, we truly do attract the right type of people for our world. And that makes everything we do so much more enjoyable and fun, first of all. The second thing that happens, and this is actually really the key component here, is that everything that we have to do in order to attract those people into our world becomes so much easier as a direct result of us just being ourselves because there's no smoke and mirror. What you see is what you get. Yeah. And so the verbiage that we use, the language that we use on our landing pages, in our videos, on our social, the things that we talk about on our stories when we're sharing the behind the scenes and all that sort of stuff, it just becomes so natural that the people who really get us and our vibe just naturally gravitate to what we're all about. So you have to lean into that uniqueness and what makes you, you. Like there's a whole bunch of business coaches out there, right? There's a mm. whole bunch of scaling coaches out there. So how does Chris stand out 
from all of the rest of the people. Well, number one, I'm a proud Brit, and I don't try and hide it in any way whatsoever. Um, I don't know whether you're going to use this video, but if I move my camera over here, yep, you'll see my little <laughs> fridge over there with the Union I Jack on it. Right? I'm a proud yes. Brit, and I don't try and hide it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that I'm a Scotch and bourbon collector. I talk about the Scotch and the bourbon that I collect from around the world, and people get that. If they're into it, then they'll come my way as well. Uh, I'm also a bonsai practitioner. So, yes, I look after little baby trees and make sure that they don't die. People like that because they see, oh, that's patience. That's long term. You know, you yeah. can't get a bonsai to look perfect in one growing season. It will take five growing seasons of pruning and wiring and repotting and fertilizing to get that tree looking the way you want it to look. That's just like a business. And you can use these analogies here, right? Yeah, yes. People get and they understand. And when I show a little Chinese juniper in one hand, I say, like, I've had this tree. This tree's 30 years old. And I've had this tree for three years and I've been looking after it and it's still alive. And look how, look at what it like before kind of thing. People get the analogy of growing a business, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And so just lean into your uniqueness. That's the easiest way to build up a successful personal brand business is just to be you. And please don't copy anybody. That's just a cop out. It's silly. Yeah. Oh. I love that. I think that that is so, so valuable. And I think because for a lot of our audience, it's we're all in, you know, a lot of our listeners are in this formative stage where it's like, I'm, I'm kind of niching down. I'm picking my branding. How do I want to show up? How much of my personal life do I want to show? All of these things. And I think it can give you the jitters a little bit to go, oh, like, what if people don't like me? Or what if, I repel people or what if I, you know, make people feel sad if I have to exclude them? Like at the moment we're doing an intake for this new program that we're launching and I have to exclude people who aren't the right fit and I have to say, hey, like this isn't going to be the right fit for you. And my personality, I find that hard. I'm like everyone come, you know, but it's like no, like this is about – becoming known for the one thing and having that stickiness to the brand. So I, yeah. I love that idea and I think it's so valuable to have that from the get-go in your business. I feel like that's such a valuable thing to get right from from day one. Yeah, and like I said, it just becomes more fun, Laura, like above and beyond yes. everything else. Um, you know, I've, I've started two other businesses um, that were complete failures and the reason why I, they were failures is because I just went after the money, quite frankly. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't fun to do what I needed to do for them every day. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, I can honestly say I'm going to be 49 in August this year. I don't know. I look good. Don't I look good? <laughs> 49? Except I was about to say. I know what you're thinking. No, I was about to say 49. you look good. 49. From mid 30s. You could basically <laughs> be the next James Bond. I know. Um, <laughs> but, but, but. Like I'm going to be 49 in August. Let me let me rephrase that. I'm going to be 50 next year. Yeah. That makes it even more real, <laughs> right? And so at this point in my career, which started when I was 17, I didn't do university, much to my father's dismay. But yeah. um, at this point in my career, I ain't going to do anything that I don't like doing. It's just yeah. not going to bloody happen. I can say that right now. Like, Every single day when I walk into this 
home office and I sit in front of this computer and I have a look at my uh, schedule for the day, every single thing that's on that schedule, I enjoy doing it, except maybe the workouts. I don't like working out. I do it because I've got four <laughs> children and I want to be around long enough to see them all get married kind of thing, right? But like, yeah. I do it anyway because I know it's good for me. But everything else, I thoroughly enjoy doing what I do every day. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't always like that, but it always will be now moving forward because I know better. It's really that simple. Yeah. Oh, that is so, so valuable, Chris. Now, I feel like we could go on and on about this whole idea around building a business based on your uniqueness. But I want to wrap up with a couple of little rapid fire questions from you, and then we'll look mm -hmm. at where people can find you, where people can hear more of your wonderful things. I want you to finish this sentence. Success no, looks I like- I hate these questions. They, these Come on, Chris. No more long-winded. it's so pressurizing. It's, it's so pressurizing. <laughs> oh my God. Go How on. Okay. Okay. What does success look like to you, Chris? <laughs> no, no, go on. Give me the real question. Okay, all right. Question? No, no, well, Give me the real. I don't want to cop out on you. Give okay, me the real all right, all right, all right. I want you to finish the sentence. Success looks like doing what you want on your own timeline with the people that you love and not worrying about what other people think about it. Yes. See, that was a great, that's a great rapid fire yeah. response. That's okay. good. Let's keep them going. I could yeah, be on okay, a okay. okay. One thing small business owners need to stop doing today. Uh, spending so much time wasting scrolling through social media. Oh, yes. So okay. much time. So biggest, biggest piece of advice that you wish you knew when you started your businesses? Oh, don't try and do it all yourself. It's not going to work. Uh -huh. That's, <laughs> that's incredible. Simple. Yeah. And I have no more rapid fire ones. I well, need I to have like, more. Okay. I feel like I <laughs> preemptively destroyed that section of your podcast because <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I hate these questions. And then I kind of rocked it. Can we just <laughs> like be honest there? You kind of nailed it, Chris. It. Chris, you nailed it. I'm, I'm just going to say. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Well, where can people follow you? Where can people listen to you, find your books, all the things? Because I know that everyone listening is going to wish that this went way longer than it has. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't be much of a personal brand business coach if I didn't have my own personal website, right? So they can just yes. go to chrisducker.com and they can follow me on all the socials at chrisducker. Incredible. Well, we're going to link that in the show notes and we'll link your books and podcasts and all those other fun things that you've Lovely. got going on. Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you for empowering me and our listeners to just show up as ourselves. I think that is the biggest takeaway, amplifying your uniqueness in your brand and in your marketing and in your business. That's the way to go. That's it. It was all my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Isn't he wonderful? <laughs> what a boss. I left that conversation feeling so energized and so ready to really show up in a way that is more unique, more me, and also to delegate more. You know, there are so many things I'm like furiously taking notes while he's talking. 
And what you don't hear is before and after the recording, it's like a mini coaching session and Chris keeps giving me advice and telling me more things I should be doing and wonderful, cool ideas. So I have just loved this conversation. Thank you so much for spending the time listening and I hope that you loved that conversation too. Be sure to follow Chris online. All of his details are in the show notes as always. Make sure you check out all the cool things that he is doing. If you love this episode, please share it with a friend. We love sharing the My Business Playbook love around here. Please send me a DM and let me know where you're tuning in from because I'd love to meet you. And I think that's all the things I need to tell you. I hope that you have a wonderful kick-ass week and I'll see you back here same time, same place next week. But in the meantime, my friend, go get them.